man, I can't tell you how excited I am to get back to the States. Jesus, this tour is taking forever. Can't wait to see my wife and kids. God, they're gonna be so excited when they see me. Hey, Chris, what are you excited about? I'm going to see the precious. The precious? What, what the hell is that? The giant size team on network. I built it with my own hands, and it will be mine again. They thought they could get rid of me by making me shovel sand in the desert. Charles, 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 Charles. But I'm coming back. Yes, precious. I'm coming back. I've spent all the prepaid minutes and Wi-Fi I have to check in on www.giantsizeteamup.com. But there. And it will be mine again. <laughs> oh, breaking the panel thought they could replace me with Phil. But I'm coming, precious. I'm coming. And all the other shows, watch out. Christopher Wisdom's coming back. Christopher, Christopher, Christopher. Geek versus Toy Power. Blazing Defender Report, FTH Beyond, Pokemon Go Podcast, Geek Voices, and my most favorite show, Botch the D&D Podcast. <sighs> they will be mine again. I long to feel the embrace of Phil's touch and tongue once more in this year at Dragon Con. We will once again be reunited. Giant Size Team Up Network. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Charles, the rock god of podcasting. <laughs> we do not speak his name. Fussy, filthy McFalls. Well, it sure sounds like you have a lot of great friends waiting for you back home, buddy. I don't have any friends. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to... I forget, we're on live, so I guess it's not FTH Beyond. It's not Giant Size Team Up <laughs> Media. It's uh, Breaking the Panel. That's what we're doing. Welcome to Breaking the Panel. Tonight is the Giant Size Team of All-Stars with a special, special, special guest on with us tonight. We're going to be talking about Captain Marvel. This is our review of the Captain Marvel movie. We're going to do the spoiler-free edition first, and then the spoiler Filled one after the break. So I got a podcasting at Charles McFall. And let's see, I'll go with my least favorite to most favorite person. Philip Keating, how are you doing? Hi. Oh, my God. The fact that you don't like me makes my heart (laughs) sing. Anytime that I hear someone. I didn't say I didn't like you. I I gain more power and I get angrier. And uh, I love it. I love when people hate me. So (laughs) I'm glad that I'm at your top of your list. Fuck face. (laughs) And it's uh, great to be here. Kurt Booten. I really I really thought I was going to be the least favorites one, so. <laughs> well, you know, I, I know how all my uh, co-hosts act, so, like, I know what they're going to do before they do it. So, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I know what they're going to do. I know what I'm going to do. You're not bitter. No. You just taste like bitters. Yes. Paul, so, <laughs> Paul how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. How about you? I I am excited. I saw Captain Marvel last night. We're gonna talk about it. I'm very very excited. And the Captain well, it's Marvel. It's good that you saw it though, because right. 
This would be awkward. You know, what's funny is I made sure to see it, and it wasn't until lunchtime this afternoon that I went, oh, shit, I got a conflict. I'm supposed to be doing an orientation tonight. And tonight it's the Captain Marvel panel, and I made it happen. Uh, but the Captain Marvel of podcasting is here, Jenna Garrett. Oh, that's some pretty fucking big shoes to fill, bud. <laughs> Fire fist is away. Let's do this. So I, I think you're right. Uh, Jenna, quickly, tell us about uh, the podcast you have from. Um, I come from Panelology. It's a weekly comics review and interview podcast uh, where we talk about a bunch of fucking nerd shit. There you go. That's the two-minute pitch right there. Yeah. The other pitch. All right, so this is how we do these reviews. We're going to do it by the numbers. We're going to talk about uh, the box office mojo uh, numbers, possibly even talk about, I think, Paul, usually bring up Rotten Tomatoes, and let's go over the reviews and talk about that a little bit. And then we will talk about some of our favorite things in the movies that are non-spoilery, right? Just give an overall general impression, uh, tiptoe around the, the special bits, and then uh, we'll take a break. And when we come back from the break, it will be 100% uh, kid gloves off, spoiler filled. We'll give you another warning there. Uh, and that way on the podcast, you can watch it again, or even on the video on demand, you can watch it later after you've seen the film. So I will go ahead and kick off my favorite part. Uh, the budget, just so everybody knows, the budget for this film was $152 million. Just $2 million over Thor and way under everything else that they make in the Marvel Universe. So the as of right now, as of March 12th, uh, what, yesterday? So as of yesterday, the domestic totals are $179 million is what it's brought in. So it's doing quite well. Worldwide is $524 million for opening weekend. It ranked number one in 4,000 theaters uh, with an 85% gross. <clears throat> so, yeah, five days it's been out, and it's at $180 million. Man, that is not too shady. It's already made its budget and then some. Well, that's probably a budget without marketing, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's still yeah, not quite it, covered all the costs, but it will. So, Paul, what you got on the Reddits? Not Reddits, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> what you got on the Reddits, uh, Paul? Well, so as, <laughs> as we know, because we talked about this on the show in the past couple weeks, um, you audience score got tanked by false reviews before the film even came out. Uh, but despite that, I don't know if uh, Rotten Tomatoes has been doing some curating and trying to clear up some of that early stuff. Uh, but the it's certified fresh, 79% from professional reviews, critic consensus, and then 63% uh, with audience score, which considering how much effort was made to tank it, that's still pretty solid. Well, I'd heard that they had deleted 50,000 reviews uh, like that right before the weekend really hit. Right. And I mean, obviously, you know, anybody who wants to do that sort of thing, you're still going to be able to go back in after the fact and do it again. So, oh, and they did. And they, they were they were pissed. Yeah, mm. they were pissed that they were censored for leaving a fake review. Like, <laughs> I, I, that's what I read. I, I read one. They were like, this is bullshit that I was censored and they deleted my original <laughs> post, my fake post. Meh! I was just like, oh, my God, what what are we doing, uh, fucking humans? Yeah. Fucking, what are we doing? Being a bunch of dicks in general. Yeah. Bad. We should delete the Internet. It was a mistake. Oh, God. <laughs> I know one rock god that was. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it was 
Man, you know, uh, Brie Larson came out what about a week into the pre- or a week before release, doing the press releases, and and from what I understand, and I may be missing some details, all she said was she'd like to see more diversity in the press tour. And that's a fine thing to say. It's a fine thing to want. Tony P. Henderson actually had an interesting comment about it, which was, uh, you know, at the same time, the journalists are just like, hey, I'm just trying to make a dollar here kind of yeah. deal. Um, and that's kind of on the, the the press outlets themselves of who they pick to send and, and whatnot. But that's that that was it. As far as I know, she wasn't hating on on men. She wasn't. You know, ah, women only. You know, it wasn't anything milled. It was just a, hey, I've seen a whole lot of dudes. It would be nice to see a chick, essentially. And, and that's well, probably I not. Thought, I thought I had read, too, that she was pushing for uh, for women interviewers when she was doing the pressers uh, where, wherever they were available, um, which, again, who cares? Oh, I, big... I heard differently. I heard that she was trying to bar men. <laughs> From even seeing the movie, uh, I, I heard that she actually wants to have uh, just men murdered as they enter the theaters, you know, yeah. but I, I don't read much. This is just what I heard. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very salty about it. Uh, <laughs> right. No. Dennis and Chad also brings up uh, people also got mad about her comments in regards to the wrinkle in time press junkets. And how she said that that film was not meant for white men, so they shouldn't be reviewing it. Uh, that's Dennis's paraphrasing. Yeah, th- there there was some prior stuff that got dredged up along with the press for this film too. And basically, her perspective is it's she's like I see ninety percent white men in these interview, you know, these yeah. press junkets. Like it would be nice to see some different perspectives approach this content. So, and I actually agree with that. You know, I mm-hmm. I think it's it's when you think about it when you break it down like that it's like she's not saying she doesn't want men to go see the movie she's saying all of the media that gets produced as coverage for this film seems to be you know the interviewers all seem to be white men and so that's going to skew perspective that's going to skew language and talking points and all of that stuff and i don't think she was even trying to argue that those perspectives are invalid just that there's a whole slew of other perspectives that should be represented and they're not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've always stood by when it comes to specific people, like my, just say myself, I'm reviewing a film. My, my, while my background absolutely affects my viewpoint and how I see and review things and how I write and speak is not necessarily dictated by my gender or my skin color. But I can see in general when you're talking about let's just throw out the color purple, right? Uh back was at the eighties, you know a huge in the eighties white culture just did not understand it. So I can get why it'd be different. Uh I'm just using that specifically as as not saying you can't review it as a white man, but it is a different perspective. And some movies are not meant for everybody. But this has nothing to do with Captain Marvel, right? So internet, shut the fuck up and stop dragging bullshit out. Um, one of our own members of the Giant Size Team Up actually was, in my opinion, was being a little sexist leading into the film, talking about how the actress looked, and we're like, mm, you're, you're, why, man? Why is that a thing? But then he watched it, and he loved the film. So I'll, I'll give him credit where credit is due. Is at least he went in and went, this is a good film, and it was good acting. But he was being a little, 
lunkheadish before before the film came out. So, and, you know, Paul came around and everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Still undecided. <laughs> and, and and real quick here for the podcast. Typically, we do record this for patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel. And that's the only place you're going to get the video tonight. We're trying to do a little advertisement to the world to get the word out about our podcast. So we're doing this movie review over at twitch.tv forward slash GSU media. Uh, if you'd like to see it, if you catch the podcast and like to see it, go there, follow the channel and we'd love to have you. Uh, and for everybody who's watching on Twitch, we do this podcast every week, and this week's a special movie review. So thanks for being here. Anything else from Rotten Tomatoes? You want to get into the overviews? Well, the 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 overall uh, critic consensus was uh, packed with action, humor, and visual thrills. Captain Marvel introduces the MCU's latest hero with an origin story that makes effective use of the franchise's signature formula. And yeah, that's that's a really yeah solid you know overview. Yeah, my kids loved it. Uh, Oakland, who's my oldest son, and Crosby's my oldest daughter, both said this is probably their favorite of all the MCU films. Wow. Yeah. You hmm. know, they were, well, my wife loved it. Uh, I mean, not only is it a really, really well done, strong female character, I, I'm i sure all movies have tropes, right? I didn't see them. They weren't so tropey, it jumped out and slapped me in the face. So if they're there and you can nitpick it, great on you. Otherwise, honestly, it was just a well-done film. The characters were good. But the soundtrack, man, they Please. knocked that out of the park. Uh, Fuck you, I'm Phil. Gonna, I'm going to disagree, actually. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, how are you going to do a 90s movie and put no Radiohead in it? <laughs> it didn't fit. Like no, you, Radiohead fits everywhere. It's okay because you weren't a female in the 90s. Uh, <laughs> you don't know that. You don't know me. Well, you may be that's right. That's fair. No, but uh, yeah, I actually, I enjoyed the soundtrack. It was my significant other that actually didn't. Really? Um, Interesting. Which I was, uh, I, I saw the movie twice. I thought Dennis would love that music. Uh, no, Dennis doesn't like music. But um, I saw the movie twice, so... When the end scene or the, the, the most fucking badass scene happens, I was like, Suzanne's going to love this. And I was like, yo, yo, what, how, how'd you like it? And she's like, nah, no, nah, I don't. I, I thought that was a bad choice of music. I was like, are you oh. talking about uh, no doubts? I'm just a girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought that was perfect. And so did I. And she was like, well, you know, it's kind of like uh, a little bit too on the nose. It'd be like wanting to have thunderstruck play when thor came down in the lightning during ragnarok which is very funny because that's what i suggested last time we did a movie panel <laughs> i was like oh boy no but soundtrack was so dope so dope and not only that but like all the band posters um yeah. when she first gets to earth and uh rocking a nine inch nails shirt for uh -huh. most of the movie love it yeah and he, you know, and they did definitely give you dates to date the film, like where it was exactly placed. Just what, like you were saying, I saw the Bush poster up there, and I was punching my wife. I was like, oh, I know that poster. I had that poster. That's awesome. You were punching your wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, a boy. colloquialism in the South. Meaning, hey, baby, oh, I was just mistake. getting her attention. Oh, yeah. I was getting her attention. <laughs> just wasn't paying attention. Just oh. once in the eye. Just once. I didn't tell her twice. Just once. That's all. I just get her. Oh boy. No. no, Jenna, no, no. you got you so, feel me, right, Jenna? For you to do that during. <laughs> <laughs> Does everybody think your wife is permanently cosplaying Domino? Oh. Oh shit. Oh, she rocks an afro. Shit. That's all I'm saying. She rocks the afro, man. 
It's awesome. Oh my god! Not what he meant. <laughs> so Jenna, I'm glad you're here tonight. <laughs> deflect, deflect, deflect. Yeah. Uh, overall, what was your takeaway from the film? What was some of your favorite non-spoiler moments? Oh man, I kind of love the whole thing. Uh, the powers, like when she got them, that was a really freaking cool moment. And it was so different from in the comics. It was, it was pretty choice. Uh, every scene with the cat. Period. Now we know they changed the cat's name. Originally in the comics, the cat's name is Chewy. Right. And I know they changed it to Goose. And I saw an article, and I never read I saw the headline, I guess I should say, that that the producers or the directors came out and said they changed it for a reason. Do we know why? Other than a Top Gun reference, why they changed it? Wouldn't, okay. I, I was just curious. It didn't yeah. seem to matter, honestly. You could call that cat cat and still a cool character <laughs> right. in the film. You know. Uh but I know I know it was specifically changed. I don't know if we got a good reason. I know some of the fanboys ahead of time were well fanboys, fangirls, fandom was very you're like, Oh, don't don't it's chewy, don't you but well we won't get into spoilers, but I I am curious after the spoiler break if they change the nature of the cat for the film. Hmm. Um, Fury. Fury was a lot of enjoyment there. I would say fun. It's not quite fun, but he was very enjoyable as a character. I'd yeah. say he was fun. I would say he was really yeah. fun. Okay. Yeah. You could tell. Uh, I, I personally thought the chemistry between Bree and uh, Samuel L. Jackson was yeah. pretty pretty on point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there was some genuine chemistry there. There was some genuine like riffing. Like you could see it. You could get the vibe. Did anybody pick up that that was his '95 vibe? Like the movies he did in the '95 was more or less that character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right and less. I'm I'm an angry bad guy or, or tough, hard as nails, older character as he plays now. And uh, I, I I loved it. Coulson, uh, I mean, he, arguably his most iconic '90s performances. He's you know. very cuddly in, in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> you know, an El Royale with cheese, you know? Yeah. Like, so, that is I mean, fair. That is fair. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It, it was a nice twist to see Fury not as hard-edged. Like, he still had an edge to him, but he wasn't as jaded as he is in, in right. the current yeah. MCU. He's just Agent Fury at this point. Can we talk about real quick how well the de-aging technology has gotten exactly. over the last five so years? Good. So not, good. Like not even not even that many years, you know, and they've they've got it almost down correctly where it's not even like you don't even think about it, you know. But in this movie, it has to be the hardest one they've ever done because he is you know, they gotta use that de-aging through the entire movie. Right. And it's just not a few scenes of, you know, uh, 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 Pym or or Stark. It's it's Nick Fury through the entire thing, and not just him. Well, well yeah, Coulson. I, I as actually, well, yeah. I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure he's a demon and doesn't age. <laughs> <laughs> um, but LMD. we'll talk, we'll talk about that. You know, after I don't know if it's considered a spoiler. But... Yeah, me neither. Okay. Paul, yeah. oh, what's your your takeaway mm-hmm. here? Well, without getting into spoilers, I think, again, we have a clear, clear standout performance from Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This, no. this, I, I've said it before. <laughs> so good. This man is a legend in the making. Yeah. I, I really do think that he is going to be 
the next like Gary that Oldman. guy. Yeah, the, Gary Oldman. Yeah, exactly. I, we said that before. I can see I that. See him as the next Gary Oldman. I can see that for sure. And uh, he just shows up, and he does his thing, and he's always great. He's he's always likable, and yeah, I don't want to get into too much more. Just well, that, because you know, there's there's a lot of spoiler stuff related. Sure, to his there is. But, arc, but. What, what I can say about him is like he got me on every emotion. You know, mm-hmm. he that's how good his range is in this movie. Where I he had me all over the map. He's just he's such a treat every time he graces the screen. Yeah, I was a little concerned that uh, Jude Law was going to chew up the scenery to the point of just being kind of over the top. And it didn't work out that way. I thought I thought he he played it perfectly. Uh, he knew he wasn't the center of attention the whole time. Mm-hmm. It, I thought it was a great performance, and yet understated, you know, from him. For sure. Uh, same he, with Ronan and the character. Uh, I forget the actor's yeah. name, but same there Wait. too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because he hasn't evolved yet to that <laughs> Ronan of the current. Well, right? this this is pre the cure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't hit his you know his goth uh phase yet because that just... would have been a soundtrack uh choice <laughs> to yeah. play the when he's on screen yeah. some depeche mode <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no uh, i i also i'm a big fan of lee pace as well i thought he was great again um i'm pissed though like I, without getting into spoilers i'm pissed that we, we didn't get to see more of ronan we'll talk about it during the spoilers but like damn it man you brought him back he's so cool and you keep underusing him a little bit and i'm a little frustrated with that but uh, we'll talk about that on the, on the flip side I fair think. enough fair enough now uh some of the easter eggs right we can talk about some of that like the the marvel logo opening that we can talk about right or should we wait until I would wait. I, I would okay. wait. Um, okay, I, that's fair. That's why I ask. That's, yeah, yeah. The yeah. problem is there's so many spoilers in this in this movie to talk about. You know, there's a lot. Has everybody kind of given their their thing? Should we transition? Uh, we- I think Phil. I think I think everybody's kind of given their their overall. Oh, I, I loved it. I mean, if I if I wasn't clear enough, um, it's just. I'm a big Captain Marvel fan. Some of the things that they changed for this, like um, <laughs> maybe the, the naming of, um, you know, a character. Uh, I just, it, everything worked. Everything worked and fit. Like Jenna was saying, when, when those powers activate um, in one of the scenes and, and she just goes fucking full blown, full powered, un, unleashed, it was just so fucking dope. What and she, Sorry, she, you know, standing there like, really? Like, I, you've seen what I can do. <laughs> tur, tur, get, get, get out of here! Yeah. It's just like, oh god, fuck, so good. Yes, more, more, uh, please. The the actress who plays the mentor, I know her face. And yeah. Bennett, that's it. Uh, I was trying the whole movie trying to. I, was like, I know the name. I can't get the name. I'm with the, she was also phenomenal. Again, somebody who could easily chew scenery and just fit perfectly sure. and did well. It's kind of interesting how Marvel has this approach in some of these films lately and bringing in basically really high-profile actresses of about 20 years ago and bringing them into the fold as these mentor-type characters. Because, you know, with Ant-Man and the Wasp, we had Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. And, yeah. like, they come in and you're like, you, you used to be one of the hottest names in the industry. You could totally steal this film, and they don't. Glenn Close. 
Yep. Yeah. It's like, what's she doing in this? And yep. yeah. Well, they they all want that motherfucking Marvel check. You know what I mean? yeah. uh, we're gonna have you show up on set for ten days. We're <laughs> Not even you, ten hours. Yeah, we're gonna have you pay, or we're gonna pay you X number of millions of dollars. And they're like, yes, yes. Stand in front of the screen screen. Say these words. <laughs> yeah, and it, it 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 did really really well. And without getting into details, the thing about Annette Benning's performance is she gets to play a lot of different modes. And yeah. Would, you know, without. Yep we'll talk about that more later, but, and that's something that was nice is like, she was able to kind of pivot a lot and that was, it stood out and it was noticeable and it was good. And those different modes felt good. You know what I mean? They felt, I felt, I literally felt like at different scenes, I was looking at a different character, which is a good thing. Cause it's easy to screw that up. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, one, one nitpick that's non-spoilery. I only have two of the whole film. So one is non-spoilery is, too many women. That absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, if Melissa McCarthy's not Captain Marvel. I boycott. Um, no, it, it's uh, they didn't say the names of the ancillary characters, right? They still didn't call him Korath or Korath the Pursuer, right? Yep. It never came up because I was watching yeah. for it because I knew I, I knew they didn't call him out in, in Guardians, and Paul had to say, "No, that's Korath." Like, oh, I didn't realize that, and they didn't say it here. Although everybody in the family recognized him from Guardians, and that was great. Uh, and Minerva, Minerva, they didn't say her name either. And I only really know her name. I thought they did. They, did. they, they did. said they said Minerva's name a few times. Did they? Yeah. I thought I, I must have missed it because I was looking for it because the only reason I knew that character was because of the Marvel Strike Force game. And then there's two other characters. I'm like, you guys look like something or somebody, but I don't know who you are. Yeah. The, I think. Oh, go ahead, Paul. I was just going to say with Minerva, whenever they were on comms with her, because she's a sniper type character, they called her name uh, on comms. They called her name okay. and talked to her and stuff. Which, what, what about Beardy Mick Mick Punterson? He uh, cool. He's just a generic <laughs> brute. You don't need to worry about him. That was his name. <laughs> Beardy Mick, I got it right. Mick Brute guy. Ah. No, I think I think one of the one of the brilliant moves that they do often is they don't say, and this is Minerva. And, you know, <laughs> like it, a borderland style, intro. Yeah. Yeah. right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like she steps on screen and she looks down the sights, and it's like, pfft. yeah, they don't they don't feel the need to just spoon feed uh, stuff like that to you anymore, yeah. which I really appreciate. It's just much more natural. Well, they said the accusers like four or five times, so I don't know. I just felt I I felt like I wanted to know more about the side characters, and I didn't get it. That's all. well, that's because we're getting an accusers movie soon. We're just you know a a, a rom com of all these accusers <laughs> going around, you know, <laughs> maybe getting a, a house it's, and getting real. You know, it's going to be Ronan and Korath. Oh, real Korath is going to be in pursuit of Ronan. <laughs> real, real world in pursuit for love. <laughs> no, no, yeah. MTV's real world colon don't, the accusers. Don't give our ideas away for free. Tim, Tim, Yeah. Oh. That uh, that's great. Skippy says Beardy McPunterson was just there to hold a candle for Korath. <laughs> <laughs> One's a hard nosed Punisher, the other one is a pursuer. What'll happen next? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we will take a break here for the podcast, and when we come back, it'll be spoiler time. So, again, on the live stream uh, and on the podcast, if you don't want your spoilers, now's the time to. Take off your hosers because uh, we're going to talk <laughs> all the secrets. So we're back in just a <laughs> we're back in just a moment. Okay, uh, this is Mike, your post production editor for Breaking the Panel. 
If you love the show and you love the guys, here's how you can help. Uh, Go to Patreon, give us money, and we'll give you things in return. Merch. We we have merch. Merchandise. We got uh, mugs. We got t-shirts. And there may be other things. I haven't actually gone there to look yet, but I know Charles has said the words mugs and t-shirts. So, uh... It's tiny.cc slash GSTU. Merch. Buy the merch. Oh, there's a link on our website as well. So go to the Breaking the Panel page, click on the link, go to the uh, merch website, buy the merch, and we get money. So any way you want to look at it, give us money. Okay, back to the show. And we're back. Thanks for hanging out and getting ready for the spoilers. Again, one more time. This is the spoiler-free or spoiler-filled edition, rather. You will get all the secrets from the film. So if you're waiting to see it, please stop listening at this point so that you can come back after you've seen the film and see if you agree with our two cents. Is there anybody... What, Phil? What, Phil? What? What, what Randy? What, Phil? No, I, I just... I was unaware that people listened to this. No. No, we got we got decent we got decent download numbers on this too. I mean, it's no botched. I mean, it's not like a fucking hundred thousand an episode. Oh well, but, I mean, you, know, you pay for this play. Yeah, botched pays bots to download their show. Yeah, yeah. there's just some clickbait headlines right there. Yeah. <clears throat> so, does anybody have anything that they want to go first with, or should we just start off with the Marvel logo and go from there? I think we can start with the Marvel logo. Yeah. Did you cry at that? Yep. Yeah. Holy shit! Right up. Less than a yep. second in, I was like, <gasps> "So I, I, I literally got mad. I was like, yes. fuck you, yes, fuck you.' Yep. I, I was sitting next to my wife, and I was going, "You sons of bitches!" It's cheap, and I still love it. I, I, the, the, the movie hasn't even freaking started, and you got this. So, I don't think I don't think a lot of my the, uh, the theater that I was in knew what was going on. No, a lot of people different. were still talking when that when that hit originally yeah and i was just like oh my god these motherfuckers you fucking oh my god what what a shitty move what a shitty move on you see Excuse i actually me. i actually obviously took it differently than everybody else i had a, I had a slight happy tear i was like you know love you stan so if you don't know instead of the different movie scenes and characters from the last 10 years of marvel it's all stanley cameos 100 percent, and he fills the whole marvel logo and it said at some point, I think in the beginning and the end, it says "Thank you, Stan." Uh, but I'm pretty sure right there after that logo, it says "Thank you, Stan" on it. Yeah, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and so be prepared. Which, which was classy because they didn't do like yeah. a in memoriam or anything. Like they literally yes. just said "Thank you, Stan." Like that was such a touching way to kick things off. Nicole says uh, when I watched it, the whole theater went "Oh." The question that I have is whether or not they're going to keep that for the rest of the year for the rest of the Marvel movies that they're doing. They might. Yeah, I don't see why not. There's only what one or two more movies this year. I know there's there's Endgame. There's three more. There's Endgame. Um, Spider Man. -Man. Okay, and then presumably they'll be on the Dark Phoenix because now they probably not actually. Yeah, no, no. Fox always did run the Marvel logo. No, they do. It do. It does. So yeah, I I think they'll all do it. Honestly. For and they should, and in my opinion, they should. I again, yeah, it, did, yeah. it hit me in the feels. I was like, I was. It was a happy moment for me. It's like, you know, you you cre- you've done what most people can't without even trying. You've created a legacy that will live on for generations. Yeah, and I mean, he I will mean, be immortal. He's one of the reasons why we're all doing this right now. Exactly. Yep. Which jumps me to his final cameo ever Ugh. was yeah. amazing. 
Right? He's sitting there. not his final cameo. Right. It's not? He's got one more? He's got a bunch in the tank. I thought thought that, uh, okay, obviously I was misinformed, but I I know I saw multiple sources say that this was like the last one that had been recorded, I thought. So, obviously, you know, internet is full of truth, and we can believe everything we see on it. Yeah, uh, definitely. Well, this was a perfect cameo for, you know, what it was, right? He's sitting there reading the Mallrats script. And and I wasn't even sure if it was going to be him at the moment. And sure enough, there he was. And 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 she just smiles at him, and he smiles back, and she keeps going. It's oh, fucking that smile, man. Ah. That's, that's a smile that could sink a thousand ships, right? Like that was like yeah. such a wholesome moment. I was like, damn. And his was good too. Um, this might be <laughs> my my favorite Stanley cameo that he's done. Yeah. Um, I, I this yeah. is a big Kevin Smith house, mm-hmm. so. Um, I was so excited to 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 have Suzanne be surprised about this cameo, and I was talking to Kurt <laughs> on the internet, and I was screaming about it, and she, she comes in you. just like doe-eyed, was and was uh, like, "He's reading the Mallrat script," and I was like, "Damn, damn, <laughs> yeah, you can't do that, Phil." <laughs> oh, no. I was like, "Yeah, he he is, and it's pretty fucking awesome," and she's like, I- "I'm sure it is." Now you have to live with that. You have to live with the fact that you, you stole that moment Ever. from her. Yes. Ever. This is why I drink. <laughs> you think this is the only time? This is why. This, this is why. why. <laughs> no, she drinks because she said yes. <laughs> but this is why Danny calls Dennis daddy. Nobody you calls him fucking daddy. ruin shit. <laughs> Even though he's such a. Never mind. <laughs> he's a dream Never daddy. daddy. Dennis is Dennis is a dream daddy without a doubt. Uh, the so. other thing, the cool thing about that cameo is Kevin Smith's reaction to it. Oh, that was so cool. Oh, he didn't Dude, know. Yeah. They didn't like get permission or anything. He didn't know. They I, called him. Yeah, it was it was largely a surprise for him. But he he tweeted a picture of himself right after he saw it, and he had tears in his eyes. Nice. Aww. Like he was like, I can't. He's like, I can't even believe, you know what I mean? Like that, that this is a thing. It, it was, it was really touching. And obviously he's, especially lately with all the stuff that was going on with Stan's family and whatnot, and you know, his caretaker situation and stuff, he was very vocally supportive oh, yeah, of yeah, Stan. Yeah. He's like, Stan can come live with us. Like, right. like it, it, we will take care of Stan. Yeah. So yeah. Kevin Smith uh, posted a video, uh, I think Saturday about, uh, just the whole process and everything. And Kevin Feige apparently called him like a week before the opening and said, Hey, I uh, just wanted to let you know, we're doing this. Uh, I'm calling you out of a courtesy. And, and, and he let him know the context and everything. <laughs> he said he was on the phone with Kevin Feige and bawling his eyes out just, wow. just, just from hearing about it, yeah. never mind seeing it and then going to the theater and just, it had to have been surreal. I mean, just, yeah. And the fact that he's practicing his line from that movie. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Just so cool. So cool. And honestly, if there's anybody's IP that you can sneak into a film and have them not only be okay with it, but celebrate it, it'd be Kevin Smith in this context. Well, so one of of the stories Kevin told was that um, part of the reason they called him was because Stan, uh, during the filming of that, wasn't in great health. And so what they were looking for were alternate takes from his recorded recording in the movie in Mallrats of that line that they could loop in if they had to. Wow. Interesting. Which would have been 
another just level of cool if if they had to have used it but yeah that's very cool stuff it it was and and i love again i love how they did and how it worked out that his death is still raw for a lot of people it wasn't a big moment it wasn't something you can blink and miss it it was she i eye to eye sees him nods and smiles he nods and smiles back almost almost not quite but almost breaking that fourth wall of what we would all want to do and moves on and it, it was it was the epitome of a tribute in my opinion yeah mm-hmm. so i don't think it could have been any better yeah all right so we jump right in with her waking up from a nightmare right and we just go and and she's learning to do her powers where do we want to what jenna I'll, I'll throw it to you what jumped out as one of the first moments of oh my god this is i gotta talk about this in the movie uh one of the first moments geez well it just because your mind it had to be like first in the movie but like what's something that you know oh man this this thing the actual very first moment is the first time you see maria rambo's ship i only watch one trailer for any movie thank you and i just can't watch a bunch because then i've seen the whole damn movie and i don't want to see it anymore but i the first trailer shows that and i was like see i told you it's maria rambo monica's mom <laughs> And I had a little moment in the theater, and I was like, oh, shit, shut up. You're in a the theater. <laughs> it's a movie tavern. It's fine. But, yeah, that was the first moment where I was like, oh, shit. They're doing it. They're really doing it. <laughs> that That's fun. And Marie, Maria's a daughter, right? Or Monica's Maria's the, the daughter. Front. Monica's the daughter. Monica's yeah. A daughter. Yeah. Now, does she grow? It seems like because of the way it's set and the way they, they kind of brought her, it's a fun character if they don't do anything else. But it kind of seems like they're setting her up for later in the Marvel timeline to be somebody or yeah captain Captain marvel or (laughs) whichever one they decide to name her yeah yeah spectrum and whatever okay so she she in the comments she is somebody yeah yeah cool see and and it's getting when once you start pulling away from the main avengers which i was not even that deeply familiar with I really don't know much about it other than who the character is and the basics of what they do. So I love going into this. This film was one of my, one of my favorites, along with Guardians and Ant-Man, because I don't know the character. So I get to learn everything as they're giving it to me. Uh, although I did, I do know about the Kree. I know about the Scrolls. I know Captain Marvel is one of the top, most powerful people in the universe. And this was more or less an origin story. Mm-hmm. For an origin story, it didn't feel like an origin story. Which no, I it's a hundred percent an origin story. Oh yeah, yeah. but it and, right, it didn't but force we, we feed it, you know. No, well, yes, you're you're not wrong, and we haven't had it like a a true to fact origin story in the Marvel universe in, in quite some time. Right. You know, I I was trying to think the last true origin story we had. Um, and I I yeah. I, I could have done some research, but that's really not my mo to do any research. So if we go all the way back, you've got the Hulk, right? They told his origin story in the MCU. Iron Man. Well, Iron yeah, Man. except for like um, you know Captain America. Right. Cap. I'm trying yeah. to think, but yeah, Ant Man. Guardians. Ant Man's kind of no, not really. No. Well, no. Guardians has. No. Guardians was already established so in that universe. He was already there, so you get some backstory, but it's really about what's happening there. I don't know. I mean, Paul, I guess you're right. This is uh, Guardians was kind of in this vein was kind of similar. Although I think this was more. This, I think Guardians was the last true origin story for a character. And, then, and that was a character origin, not the team origin. Real. I mean, it was right. a team origin, but it, you're not for every character. Just Star Wars. Well, yeah, you're not right. getting 
yeah, you're not getting, you know, the full story of how Rocket was was created in that or anything like that. Or right. where planet not that is. you don't need it. You know, well, like, that's true. Well, that's because it was brilliant. No, we're not getting into Guardians. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not getting back into Guardians. Don't goat me into that, you dicks. But he was wrongfully fired. Um, but for the, for me personally, this was like a mashup of Memento and Marvel. And yeah. I really enjoyed the shit out of Memento. On just who am I? I have to keep tracking, you know, backtracking right. to figure out who I am, what I'm doing here. Less and, tattoos. Well, we don't know that, but <laughs> yeah, she's never not in long sleeves. That's true. Which is yep. fine, Charles. No, you know uh, what? You set me up, and I'm just lady. gonna pass. Deal with it. Dude looks like a lady. Oh boy. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I'm gonna jump in with my standout thing. My absolute favorite thing about the whole film was the scroll storyline and the turn, the unexpected turn. Yep. Uh, I, I kind of anticipated yeah. We talked about it a little bit before we all got to go see it. I believe it was off show, though. And I anticipated something like that. Like, I thought, well, I, I really do think that the Kree are going to be portrayed as, you know, this superior race slash society that thinks that they're always making the right call, but they're kind of fascist and totalitarian in a way and to me that's and, still true to the comics that's that's yep basically absolutely. i understand them to be and so then to see you know the way that the the scrolls were handled they're initially absolutely the adversaries but <coughs> ben mendelson again that turn where he's like whoa, whoa whoa calm down calm down hold on we can be buddies here yeah i don't think you understand everything that's going on it was so well done and the, the tonal shift that came with that, like he starts riffing on his science guy and like among yeah. other things. And it's just like, it was good. It was really solid. Yep. And it was a lot of fun. Like it, not only was it, you know, they created a story where suddenly it become, they become much more sympathetic, but it's also fun still. Like it was, it was genuinely impressive to me. So I will say this, he is such a phenomenal actor. Obviously I recognize him as the boss, as, as a uh, Fury's, director or whatever i did not realize he was the scroll i kept going i can almost place who's the scroll i can almost i can't quite place it and at in the credits like holy shit all right that was awesome i i i love the turn uh and 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 it was really satisfying because of the previous even frankly from agents of shield knowing the Cree are just a bunch of dicks <laughs> um, and, and having that come out the right way <laughs> in the, in the movie, I still was left feeling a little weird about liking the scrolls. Yeah. That, and that's my because second. Nitpick. They're kind of the ultimate assholes, right? <laughs> I mean, they, they really are. I identify with them. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that that's my second nitpick was, okay, everything I've ever known about the scrolls is that what you just said. They are a bit of terrorists. They are assholes. The Secret Wars was a phenomenal story, uh, mm. and especially how it affected Captain Marvel and some of the stuff. And I'm thinking, awesome. We're going to have essentially two bad guys fighting each other. Captain Marvel's going to bitch slap them, but we still get secret wars later or any of these other stories you can do and that twist that you're talking about paul while you're absolutely right it was an amazing story i went fuck now they're now they're just 
refugees in the Marvel franchise? That means we don't get Secret Wars? Damn it. <laughs> Maybe there'll be factions. Maybe there's evil factions of scrolls out there. But it was it was great for the story. It made the story fresh. I didn't see it coming. Because I thought they were playing. I thought both sides were playing Captain Marvel the whole time. Yeah, even the whole time, like, after they were the good guys, I was like, oh, something's going to happen. They're exactly. Gonna on them. Right. Exactly. Which would have been great. I would have loved that. I, th- yeah. I think that would have been amazing. But yeah. that's a giant leap to take. And it was a great, heartfelt moment when you you see the family when things play out as now you want them to um and gives her and it's a perfect reason to get her away from earth right Mm -hmm. so she's not gonna be around for a while because she's gonna go take care of this problem um that was really good good pick paul that was that was a good one um i dug (laughs) you're doing great pal uh (laughs) i loved the little the little precursor moments like the 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 whole eye they kept focusing on Fury's eye the whole day. How's your eye, man? I would say it's fine, you know. And it was great. Um, and then the Quinjet, the 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 Alpha version of the Quinjet. As soon as I saw it when they the quad jet, yeah. is that the quad jet? Okay, because yeah, Quinn be five and blah, blah blah. But you you know what I'm saying that that early 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 model is like, oh look, there's a B fifty two. Holy shit, there's the jet. You know, <laughs> it's right there in the hangar. Are they going to use it? And they did. I was very very excited by that. It was it was cool. Speaking speaking of the quadjet, you know that is preceded by a pretty awesome moment when they get locked in the office, and and Fury's doing the whole yes. stuff with the finger like, and it's like so it, she just busts the door down. The great one liners there. Yeah. Like, yes. Can you watch me fucking around with tape. <laughs> <laughs> like. And that was like, all right. So to to touch on their relationship because I didn't want to get too spoilery in the pre-show. The, the absolutely, really good punchy dialogue between those two, and they they broke out in a big way, and I loved it. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean, oh, yeah. like they they totally clicked in that regard, and it was fun, and it wasn't creepy because it right. could have easily gone the wrong direction, but it wasn't. Yeah. And it, it, I loved it. Like they, those two vibed very well in my opinion mm-hmm. but like how many of you like when he started doing the thumbprint thing how many of you went i did that i've done that i've done that have you done that <laughs> no i've never stolen somebody's <laughs> somebody's <laughs> fingerprint yeah holy shit I'm, I'm starting to feel like i suddenly haven't lived life <laughs> well I, I noticed when he held the badge his thumb was covering fury is nicholas joseph and his thumb, i was like is that a clue that he's a scroll right now? We're supposed to pick up that she's being played. What's going? And then, then it was uh, he. He noticed it too, and he did the tape. And that was a great line. So I didn't want to steal your thunder. It, it was cool. It makes you feel like Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson actually had an off-screen great, your bro, your friend chemistry that that mm-hmm. came to the screen. It was it was really cool. One of the favorite. They didn't. I think they. Did. Right. I think they did though. I feel like because I feel seen like them they on, did. I've seen them on on shows, and it's like they're busting on each other and 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 making fun of each other, like they are, you know, family. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. It, it was it was really really good. Uh, one of my favorite tweets from this whole movie is our our friend of the network, uh, Bobby Blackwolf. He goes, "Man, in the '90s, I managed a blockbuster." 
franchise, and you had to put those bottom shelf films at 45 degree angles, when are movies going to stop getting things wrong? Because <laughs> she crash lands, and sure enough, after that tweet, I look, and every last one of those movies are pushed back against the shelf, and I cracked up, because like, only a fucking blockbuster employee would notice that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so, so Armand, Nicole, and I were talking about the movie a little bit, and uh, I was laughing because she crash lands in a blockbuster, which Philip used to manage one. Yes, yes and my did. wife used to manage one. And then oh, she goes God. to get parts from a Radio Shack, which yes. I used to manage. And I was like, <laughs> "This movie just made me feel like Philip and I are the oldest, dumbest kids on the planet." <laughs> we are, because they're like, "Oh, look at these artifacts of the '90s," and I'm look like, at "These things that people don't care about." See, I thought I felt like they were giving a tip of the hat to the geek cred of why we're here, right? Because sure. those were big parts of our culture, and oh, that era, they were kings. Bob Buster sure. and Ray Shack were the fucking kings of, of the 90s. So yeah. I, I thought it was uh, Nicole, <laughs> you old fucks. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, what were your favorite parts, Kurt? Uh, it, it was, it was on, honestly a lot of the little stuff. Uh, things like uh, the kind of understated yet beginning of the relationship between Fury and Coulson. Mm. Uh, where just the just the little things, it was only a little weird seeing Colson with hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my wife pointed it out. She's like, "Oh, that hair." Yeah, yeah. Uh, but just like seeing Colson kind of save his ass, and that's you know that the birth of that relationship yes. moving into the future. I thought that was very cool. I thought the uh, the changing the name to the Avenger Initiative because of the name of the jet. Or her call sign, rather. Or her call uh, sign, yeah. Yeah, yeah was, cool. was was a nice touch. And it I was bet like, you sorry, I don't mean to step on you, but I bet you there's some people who are pissed about that. But go on. I was just gonna say because it was it was a kind of nice birth of the Avengers origin moment, you know that that kind of thing. So why would be why would people be pissed about that? Well, because oh. because there's people because it's the internet, Kurt. There are people who really don't Fair. like the idea that Captain Marvel is going to come into Endgame swinging her cosmic epine and just being like, yeah, I'm one of the most powerful characters in this universe and I've only had one other film. But she oh, is. Oh, by the way, your, your whole team is named after my call sign. There are going to be people who are going to be like, this is bullshit. I think people are already saying that's bullshit. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. But what a, whatever. Fuck them. <laughs> it's okay. Like, don't right. go see the next film. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't, go, don't go see the penultimate you know, yeah, first 10 years so. in the making. Yeah, well, let's not give those assholes any more time. Yeah, <laughs> and that that's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Skippy confirms he goes, People on the Marvel Strike Force Discord are furious about that last night. <laughs> what, what I would love as kind of an unexpected thing for Endgame would be, and it's too much to ask for, but uh, grown up Monica, uh, to show up could be a thing. I, it could be a thing. The stage yeah. is set. Oh it my really god! Is. I, it really has never dawned on me until this very moment. <laughs> when I they introduced her and they, yeah. they and she, she said, "Yeah, you know, if you can glow and have powers or whatever the actual line was," I was like, "Going, oh come on, set it up, just like just do it," because <laughs> yeah. that would be so cool just to have her part of that. The whole well, you'd have to glow or learn how to fly. Right. You right. don't know. She you might. Know. She might. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it it was phenomenal. Uh, Phil, man, what what was one of your moments? Well, there's there's a lot of things in this movie that 
was put in for people that are fans of Captain Marvel. And we've talked about a lot of them. Um, I, my whole t- t- um, having... Oh, shit. I forgot the the, uh, the actress's name. Brie Larson. No, no. The, 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 the lady who played the mentor. Annette Bening. Annette Bening. Having her name be Marvell, like, yeah. I love that. I, I, I loved wouldn't... it. I wasn't. I didn't hate it. I I, I was expecting Jude Law to be Marvel. But that's what. Yes, that's what the entire time. Yeah. yeah. Like going into the movie, and that's why I kind of enjoyed it not being that. Yeah. Because well, especially with the twist, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like you know, in the comics, she she thinks that she you know she's very not okay sometimes with how much she's taken from him, and that's why she didn't want to take his name originally. Right. You know, as Captain Marvel. So it's it's just I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, and then a the little bit of the razzing with um, at the end when when uh, Samuel Jackson is uh, is singing, uh, you know, the Marvels, you know, the, the yes, <laughs> that made my heart sing. Um, but also her Indiana Jones m- moment where she's just like Jude Law's given this very douchebaggery speech and he's like come on fucking prove it prove yourself to me she's like yeah no i don't have to prove you and then takes her gun out and shoots the guy uh, <laughs> as he his which you know i i like on many levels because of the you know it, it really reminded me of uh of the indiana jones moment um but also it's just like that was like the pinnacle of the entire movie of her you know right. having those flashbacks of her as a child and always having to prove herself to everybody. And then, you know, that, that cut scene when she's talking to the intelligence. Yeah. And that um, where she is constantly getting up because she knows that she's stronger than people believe she is. That 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 really, yeah. I don't know. It hit me hard. Had where they- I'm still I'm still getting a little like tight about about that whole yeah. the whole section. So. Had they That's, gone the opposite direction and she fought him, it would have felt wrong. You know, yeah, that, no, I, I agree. Yeah. Agreed. But also, you know, it, it hit me weirdly because, you know, I feel like a lot of people wanted this movie to prove something to them. You know, prove that this movie should be made, is good enough to be here. And, and it's just like, yeah, no, uh, fuck off. I don't need to prove a goddamn thing to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, it, it, it was very symbolic of the complete rejection of his you know his manipulation of her mindset that whole time yeah and yeah. I, I just thought that was ex- i just i loved it too i was like oh are they gonna throw down is she gonna whoop his ass no she's just gonna end it now and, and then drag him like do the handshake but instead drag him through the desert <laughs> hey we we got through a marvel movie without killing a villain oh he, yeah he's so alive. I think we killed a couple, didn't we? Maybe. No, no, no. She those... blew up a lot of ships. No, no, those aren't villains. Those are just stand. Those no, are cannon like, fodder. Dude, Dude Law, yeah. you know, right. they didn't kill off a, a main quote unquote villain, which, right. you know, just is always a plus in my book. I feel like they want him in their back pocket for, for of the course. future of the MCU. Yeah, of course. So, and this was a, a uh, not a prequel, but this was obviously set way ahead of everything else. So you you really, in my opinion, you needed to set up more dominoes to fall uh, for later. They, now, mm-hmm. 
Well, I was going to say, in my opinion, they're absolutely setting up the Kree to be the primary antagonists of the future of the MCU. I think the MCU is going cosmic, and I think it's going to be the struggle of probably the rest of the universe against the Kree to try to topple this kind of regime they have going on. And, you know, to to basically, you know, a ragtag group of rebel fighters facing (laughs) the same empire... I've never so, heard it before, but I'm I'm sure yeah. that it should not be diverse, and uh, people will be very happy about what happens. Oh, it should that. mostly be just white dudes. Kicking I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can relate to that a yeah. lot. Good, good, good. Tony, yeah. uh, Tony of Giant uh, Size Network says, "When, how did he put a power controller on her? I'd imagine when she's knocked the fuck out when he <laughs> found her, and he took her back to to." Yeah, she had a goof on off. the whole time because they right. showed it in the very beginning yeah. of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was one of the early signs in that early fight scene that he said what has been given can be taken away and it powers down and powers back up and we see it on her neck and that's in the first few minutes. So, uh, And then Sylvester is point I was about to bring up. Um, I think what supports your theory, Paul, is that on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., if you stuck with it through the last season, I did drop off halfway through, but they were doing a major futuristic Cree domination storyline i don't i don't know that anybody watches it but just he sure as fuck nobody, is nobody, oh no kurt kurt says kurt says heil shield is what kurt is saying there but yeah that's uh, exactly what i said yeah i saw the hand i you know i don't don't what's the saying uh but i want to bring up i want to bring up a point from the chat room raw dog 71 says, I'm not a fan of when they deviate from the source material way too much. The Marvel switch was a big one for me. The Marvel in the comics was fucking awesome. The character was was the character, I'm gonna say in the movie, was seen to be a little more than a throwaway uh there. Um I get that because I understood her origin and the influence yet. I thought though, I didn't feel like she was a throwaway because she is the heart of the film. Right, Marvel is the heart of the film. Going, you know, talking about ending war. She's the one that hid the the Kree or the the scrolls rather uh, from the Kree. She's the one that was going to defect essentially and help them out. Uh, but I understand. I totally understand where he's coming from with that. That's why I nitpick the scrolls being the the heroes here is. Mm, Okay. Yes and yes and no. In my opinion, and and well, my opinion is just yes. I can see why that is upsetting to you, but I, I'm gonna just disagree. Yeah. Um, just because this is the Captain Marvel origin movie, you right. know, if we were gonna have a Marvel movie before this, then yeah, no, I would get that. But we also have to get this story told in in less than four hours. Well, the thing too, though, when well, at least the origin, few little, or, I think I've watched the animation. I don't think I read the comics. But the origin that I have experienced for Captain Marvel was Marvel crashes to Earth and they start working together. She gets powers, right? So you could have done that here as well. But Kyle says the movie version was just a scientist. Comic version was a war hero. I think I, I would have to honestly disagree. Just a scientist is not the right phrase. Jenna. No, she's a badass space yeah. science Prometheus, bud. Yep. I, I'm usually one of those one of those guys that that uh, if they deviate too much from the comic book, it it, it bothers me. And the yeah, Marvel right. thing kind of stuck out a little bit. But given the context of that character in this movie, I went, oh, okay, they switch genders. Uh, whatever. I mean, I, I would have yeah. preferred it to be truer to the comic, but in this case, it didn't matter. 
Um, actually, you you want to know what bothered me a little bit more than that? I wanted to be. I wanted to see the supreme intelligence as a giant gelatinous face in a giant jar. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to see that more true to the comics uh, than anything else. I, I was a little disappointed they went the whole psycho thing. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, so Kyle kind of hit on this in chat. He mentioned that the the comic version was a war hero. I think that they are they're trying to recalibrate the perspective here. That's when fair. this story was originally told, you know, the passing of the the powers and the mantle from Marvel to Miss Marvel and Captain, you know, Danvers, basically, we had kind of a different perspective as a culture and everything. We we saw war heroes as like these pillars uh, that we looked up to, but I think we live in a world now where we realize that maybe those aren't the people we should be idolizing as much. We should be idolizing the, the explorers, the, you know, the scientists, the people pushing things that can help everybody. And so they tried to kind of reinvent this character a little bit to, cause it's very clear that she, that Marvel is aware, like she was involved in the war. They, they kind of, they hint at it. They don't say what, she, what her involvement was, but right. you can tell that she was involved in the war efforts and she, came to understand the plight of the people that they were oppressing and wanted to move away from that wanted to solve problems for people rather than be an arbiter of death you know well even Tavo said that you know he said you know my hands are not clean i've i've certainly taken taken as many lives as anybody but i just i want i want to just have a home you just reminded me of the moment where he tried to distract his daughter and then he, he murks three people. <laughs> and she's just like, Daddy? It's like, ah! Yeah, cover her eyes. Yeah. 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 But yeah, no, I mean, I think I think that was a smart choice. Um, the, the entire MCU has been an adaptation. <coughs> Everybody sure. has been changed in some way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's to fit this new continuity sometimes it's to make it more agreeable to this medium i don't think it's a big deal um it's not so drastic that the the underlying story can't still be told you know you're right and but but what i'll say is it's it's not a big deal to me Mm -hmm. but if it is for other people that's fine as well you know yeah that's that's what's good about these movies you know if 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 that doesn't sit well with you i i get it but for no. me personally, I'm I'm hold, no know. hold on. I can accept no differing opinions. Call Ronan. <laughs> okay. So were you pissed when uh when they deleted your your first comment four days before the movie came? Sorry, Paul. <laughs> so so the other thing, just you know, without beating a dead horse too much about the Captain Marvel thing, but that's the, the Marvel the Marvel death in the original comics was a huge deal when that happened in comics and it was and it was really one of those first this character is going to die and never come back um kind of moments uh and and so the people who are really upset about the marvel thing i get it from that perspective particularly if they're older comics readers um but like i said for me personally i it it, it didn't bother me one way or another really because it was in the context of the story, it didn't. It, it wasn't a big deal. In fact, it makes more sense for her mentor to be a woman mm-hmm. 
um, yeah. in the context of the story and, and in the context of her character. Then you avoid all the bullshit trappings of the sexual tension and the possible yes. romance. Oh, my God. Well, it's in- I mean, but not necessarily. Well, no, not necessarily. Right. I mean, you could put it in, but it's, it's in a trope sense is what I mean. Yeah. In a trope sense, it's almost always in the movies. The older man, the younger woman, there's a tension there. And absolutely, you can definitely have that between two women, but I think they did it well with, hey, as a society, we're still conditioned to not see romance between two women. Absolutely can happen. We should see more of it. So we get that what they were trying to do is what I'm saying is they get that mentorship easily there. Now, mm-hmm. I kind of thought there'd be something between her and Rambo, uh, quite possibly, but they, they didn't take that step, and that's okay. It's, That's all right. It did seem like they were setting up for something like that, something a little bit more than best friends, but yeah. no, didn't go there, which is fine. Oh, I'm yeah. so they are happy. more than best friends. They're family. Right. Well, you're right. You're right. Well, Jim. I just mean like they, they 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 made it seem a lot heavier than you know than it in a different direction, but they didn't lean into that, and that's fine. Um, and maybe who knows? I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what their intentions for the character are, but found it refreshing that they didn't even do the love interest thing i'm so yeah. happy they didn't yeah yeah they told I mean, the whole fucking story and nobody kissed oh my god <laughs> oh, yeah. well, no you're not right that's not right i saw samuel l jackson he kissed kiss that, that cat, cat. Yep. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of love there with the flirt. there's a lot of samuel l jackson loving that pussy if you uh, know what i mean oh, <laughs> you set me up for it come on i get come called out i get called out for shit i don't even say and he gets to do that. That's a bullshit. No, but that's only because we you know what you're thinking. No, you don't. Fuck you. Uh, he who no, is I, Steve. Low, low key, though, Samuel L. Jackson with the cat was the most adorable thing ever. Yeah. And, and I love seeing the baddest motherfucker on the planet being reduced to a like, oh, so, oh, so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Over and over again. Uh, yeah. It, it was it was fun that they kept running that joke. Even to the end, which caused him some trouble. Uh, uh but he was Steve hit on a point that I was already thinking about. Paul, you obviously agreed in the chat room. But he was saying when when I when I saw that moment with the scroll, my mind went instant went err. Then a split second later, I went okay. This is a different universe, and let me see where they're going to take the story here. And that's what he was saying: is you just have to take, and that's true with all movies. Honestly, you just have to treat it. I'm quoting him: you just have to treat it as New Fifty Two or Ultimate Marvel. It's just a retelling of the stories. It's not going to be the same. Right. Sure. Um, and and that's that is 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 absolutely true because now they can tell a new fresh story, and that's what we want, right? Especially in my opinion, if you're a fan of the comics, one movie that is dead set on the comics, sure. But you've read the comics. Do you really want to see ten fucking movies that are word for word, scene for scene, the comics? Why? No, it's just one, well, just one good one. <laughs> First of all, as a Lord of the Rings fan, you take that back. No, there's uh, way wait. too much fucking walking in that bullshit. Mm. Yeah, not not enough songs. They cut out all the songs. Yeah, I was promised songs, and all I got was walking. When I read that book, I saw some of that shit differently. I didn't appreciate how they did the graphics in that film. So fuck you, yeah. Paul. But uh, no, uh, but I do like the freshness. I love Steve's take on it. That's absolutely right. Now let's talk about let's talk about Goose. Right? They kept calling him the flirk. That's a flirk, you know. And then he flirking. He grooted. He grooted the fuck out. Right? All of a sudden, this cute little thing is a death machine, <laughs> and it's fucking awesome. Jenna, yes, is that how it goes in the comics? In is, Kelly Sue's run. 
Sort of. It's he a- doesn't like flirking out a bunch, but he lays eggs and it's super weird. Okay. <laughs> and Carol's like, my cat's an alien? All right, All cool. Right. I, I didn't know. And that's, that was in the non-spoiler section. That was what I was hinting at is I didn't know if the cat was just a cat in the comics and they did something different here or if there was a premise. And it's interesting you mentioned Kelly Sue DeConnick. Because I'll get yeah. to it at the end, but I was looking up Easter eggs. I always try to look up the Easter eggs that we might have missed. Oh, no. I noticed it in the film. Did you? Yeah. So do it, Paul. Yeah. Tell it. Tell it. I, I I flipped shit when she was walking through the subway and Kelly Sudaconic walks by. I was just like, what? Yeah. What? And, I, uh, I didn't know I didn't know what Kelly Sue looked like, so I didn't recognize I knew that was a moment in the film, and then looking up the, the what I missed, I go, oh, okay, I got it. Yeah, well, I mean, she she has a pretty distinct look, and she's really popular on the con circuit, obviously, because she's really she's awesome. an important figurehead in modern comics right now. So, yeah, and we were uh, this close to having her on breaking the panel at Dragon Con yeah, two years ago. Unfortunately, that didn't work out, but yeah, yeah. It, that was it was crazy, and it was so awesome to see somebody. Okay, nobody's ever going to be Stan Lee again, right? We're never going to get cameos like Stan because nobody's going to be as important to an entire right. culture as stan was but i like the precedent we're setting here of putting creators in as cameos even if it's just a walk by because that is awesome mm-hmm. i think that is absolutely the focus we need to start bringing to the to the important content creators of today you know people who have shaped these stories for the modern audience uh, obviously we pay respect to the legends but most of the legends are past now you know at least the biggest um so i i loved that i thought that was fantastic and I, I'd hope to see more of it. Well, and she wasn't just a cameo either. She was actually a consultant on it. Mm-hmm. She got a special thanks call out as well as. Yeah. Who, I don't remember who the other person was. I apologize. But yeah, no. It's, was it the artist? It might have been. Jamie McKelvey? Uh, maybe. From her run? I'd have to look. He, <laughs> designed, he designed her non-bathing suit look. Ah. And her, her, which costume. was actually another cool thing in the movie was yeah. go, her going through all the suit designs yep. with, with colors. Monica. That was very yes. cool. Yeah. Uh, also, every time she put on the skull cap and had the space mohawk. Yeah, my son uh, loved that. She's got a yeah. fire mohawk. Is what he I said. just, yeah. I love the the you know the, the like energy shield thing over the face yep. with the mohawk flying through space thing so dope like i just love that look i've always loved that look and it translated so well in the film mm-hmm. she just looked like a badass it was great yeah absolutely i i was uh uh being a badass i know she could fly right i know she knew everything and she wasn't doing it through the films like when is she gonna fly and when she jumped onto that ship and he dropped into space like fuck yeah it's, it's time let's do this shit and we did and it was phenomenal. Rich backtracks to Jenna. I'll let you because you seem to be the most impressed by. Although I think all of us were blown away by the what you call getting the power scene. Uh, talk about the the talk about where she got at the ship, and then of course when she came into it with the the supreme intelligence. Yeah. So originally she gets her powers from Marvel. Mean when some an accident happens and her DNA is fused, but in this one the fusion engine that she's or the the ftl engine that she's running she shoots it and it explodes and that's what gives her her power so it essentially she gives herself her powers and the the great thing behind that was uh she was flying with marvell right mm-hmm. and and of course they get shot down by by the kree and 
Marvel's dying wish was destroy the engine. They cannot have it. And so she was living up to her full potential in that moment. And right. that got her powers. Which was phenomenal. Yeah, it was pretty badass. And then later, when when she powers up, when she like finally powers up full power again, she does it again. She does it herself. She breaks through the AI. And it's just such a big badass girl getting back up after being knocked down over and over and over and over again moment. And I'm going to tear up again. And I noticed the imagery there was really tight. If you notice the first time she goes to Supreme Intelligence, this is minimum, little just things on the temple, little lines. Mm -hmm. This one was, she was bonded. I mean, they had her tied down. They were going to wipe her brain. Yeah. And she gets gets past it and blows it up. And and uh, great. One of my favorite moments or t was the fight scene after that, right? Where they're like still going to take her on straight on as well, we're going to hit you with these sticks. It just knocks the shit out of the bridge and everybody <laughs> crashes down. Like, no, you're not, bitches. She don't play that way. But that, this is my other favorite scene that goes with this is what you were talking about with her and Nick Fury and that, that synergy. He's a badass from the get-go. He's sitting there in the car with, with uh, fake Coulson, and he realizes it, and they start fighting, and he swerves into a fucking oncoming bus to kill that motherfucker. And instantly, I was like, "Dude!" In the theater, and my wife hits me, and then my mom's he like, gets, "Fury's he gets a, a look fucking in his eye, badass." Right? Yes, he gets that 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 fucking Samuel L. look. Like, oh no, you motherfucker! Yes, just like I'm about to do something crazy. Hold hold my shit real quick. Exactly. Oh man, and that same shit you see even in, in the last Avengers. Where he's, or not in Avengers, in the, um, crap, what was the, was, I think it was uh, uh, Civil War, maybe, where he was being ambushed, and all of a sudden he's just driving the car, and, and all these rockets are going off, and he's fucking fighting to the end. That may have even been Winter Soldier, I don't remember, but but we see him do these moments throughout the films now, and to see it there, it's like, that motherfucker was always a badass, and I did yeah. it. And so was Captain Marvel. Every mem None of her memories put her in weakness. One of the earlier memories you see her talking, right when the scrollers are going through her mind, is the go-karts. And her dad, which we find out later is her dad, which I assume then, but her dad's like, oh, you, you don't belong here. And she didn't back down. She didn't cry. She's you let them drive. And it's like, yeah. it's so perfect. She's a badass from the get-go, and I loved it. Oh, that was such a big moment for like for me, too, because I have these older brothers who always got to do the fun stuff. And I was that little girl who was wrecking the go-karts because, well, fuck you, let them do it. <laughs> if they can do it, why can't I? Yeah. Yeah. God, that was good. Now, the, the Supreme Intelligence, I'm obviously getting something mixed up here because I knew I knew what and who it was in general. But... Doesn't the Nova Corps have something very similar? Because I kept thinking, somehow, is this the same thing tied to the Nova Corps? It, 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 they do have something similar, but it's not that. It's, okay. uh, it's separate, but but Yeah. Equal. Nova Corps, I believe, well, wait, not at this point in the timeline, but in the current point in the timeline, Nova Corps got fucked up by Thanos. It did, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, so. they even get fucked up at the end of Guardians, but they still are there. No, I mean, but, like, yeah. the story, they, it's implied that Than they went to... He wiped it. Yeah, he, he rolled them hard. Are you you're talking about in the movies? Yeah. 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 Okay. It, it, at where Endgame is going to be. Because in Infinity War, they talked about it. They they Because you would have thought something like the Nova Corps could have slowed down because he needed to get the last crystal from Nova Corps. Yep. 
Yeah, in, in the Nova Corps, it's the world mind. That's that, that, it. That's kind of a supreme intelligence type of character. Yeah. Ish. So if they go to Nova Corps, are they going to have Scott Adsit of Nova Corps? Scott Adsit play Scott Adsit of Nova Corps? <laughs> I would buy it. ten tickets to see that. Yeah. Yeah. My, my question is, did John C. Riley survive? I want to yeah. see some more John C. Riley no, Nova Corps. And, yes, and, but his family didn't. So you just see a broke ass. Oh, oh man, that's oh. Riley. As horrible as it sounds, I want to see yeah, that. Yeah, I know, with nothing to fucking lose. Yep. I mean, it would kind of oh, just like, be like, no, no, no. I take that back. He's not going to be like the Punisher from space. No, nope, fuck that. I don't want that anymore. What? No, I'm just, Ghost Rider? What? I'm a big anti-Punisher, so whenever anybody's storyline gets very close to like revenge because your family got killed, I just have to shut it right down. But go and read I, Cosmic Ghost Rider, though. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I think the, I'm going to... The best version of the Punisher, frankly. Yes. 3,000%. Well, yep. Phil won't read shit. I won't read so, it. So Phil, I don't know how to read. I got learning learning disability. What what have we missed? What what awesome or bad moment have we missed in the film? Uh, we so we touched on the cat, we uh, or the the flurkin. Yeah. Um, Kurt always touching so, the flurkin. So always touching the flurkin. <laughs> There's um, your clip. So all I heard leading up to the movie was goose steals the movie goose is great and so yeah. it was way my, my expectations were way higher going into the movie about the impact of goose and i came out of the movie going eh goose was fine it was fine i felt goose I, was about I, I liked i like you know goose kicked ass with the tendrils at the very end that mm-hmm. was cool and and the uh, post credit scene was unnecessary. That was that was, that was fun. <laughs> it was fun, but uh, but I but even even that the post credits, you know, I was like going, oh yeah, he's gonna cough it up. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, oh, yeah. hey look at that. Samuel <laughs> L. Jackson brandished a cat as a weapon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That's enough for me. That yeah. was one of the greatest lines, though, right, Paul? He's like, "Do you think? <clears throat> do you think?" And he just jumps down and rubs on the the other crate, and he's like. Pick a side, man. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. I was 3,000% waiting for somebody to say, that cat's bigger on the inside, though. <laughs> oh, that'd be dope. That would be yeah. great. Although, that fucking Tesseract, right? It's like a cursed goddamn relic. It shows up in all these fucking Avengers movies. Well, it can't be destroyed. Right. Well, <laughs> so, it can be transformed, as we saw in the last film. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. And it, it helped It helped casual moviegoers, like my kids, uh, tie the movies together. No, you know, my wife recognized Korath, but my kids didn't quite get that. They got the Ronin references. They knew this was set beforehand. It's like, oh, there's Ronin. But the Tesseract, audible sounds from all the children going, Oh, that, I mean, some version. Oh, I know what yeah. that is, and so it, it definitely helped. And I'm not mad at it for so it. So you mentioned Ronan. I want to see Ronan throw down. Yeah, he never throws down. He never does shit, man. They do that stupid dance off in. <laughs> that was I awesome. want to see Ronan swing that. I want to hammer down. I want to see. Uh, hopefully, in a future MCU movie, we see Ronan again, somehow. 
I don't know how they'll do it. Maybe if they do some backstory, like if they do like a Lord of the Rings beginning of the backstory of the Kree type thing in a future movie, like they did with the War of the Ring, that would be incredible. I want to see him fucking shit up. Well, we don't know what they're going to do in Endgame. We can talk about theories here in a moment, but from the comics, it's quite possible they could reverse a whole bunch of shit and Ronan could just be back. I know he, I know he was gone in the stone, right, at, at, at the end of Guardians, but it is still open with comic science and mythologies and mysticism that Ronick could come back in the current They timeline. could absolutely bring yeah. Ronan back. And I actually think that would be a solid choice. So I kind of want to see that. I kind of want to see him swing the fucking hammer, but I also kind of love this, like, oh, he's such a badass, and then has and then just he never, this, you know, these impotent moments of, oh, I didn't get it. <laughs> let's go back. And he looks at it, he's like, no, let's, let's go back. Yeah, <laughs> I want post-goth Post emo. Right. That yeah, war yeah. paint. Yeah, he's missing his yeah. blue, dark blue war paint. Let's go back. Face. I need to get some tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> on my face. It's, it's I have to visit paint. the Ben Nye store. <laughs> Ronin Abyss, Prince of Sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> he's managing a hot topic on his own planet. He's listening to rave music. <laughs> he's just yeah. listening to Joy Division nonstop. <laughs> Uh, Tony says that he thought that the the post credit scene should have been reversed. I kind of agree. Although yeah. Skippy does make a point that the second post credit scenes have all been jokes, though haven't they lately? And that kind of has been. Th- but but I think you should reverse. It. I think it should be the light hearted, funny one in the middle, and then uh, this ties you to the next movie at the end. Which, by the way, what do you think about that? If I'm going to sit around through the credits for another scene, I want it to be more impactful. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, exactly. That's, that's the ultimate troll, isn't it? I mean, I, 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 I fool me once, fool me 15 fucking times yeah. I'm over it. I wouldn't have been yeah. grumpy about it if they'd have put like the disco cat music to him barfing. <laughs> 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 Little rainbow. Yeah, but if you know it's coming, then you shouldn't stay, Paul Klotz. You can always leave, like the plebs that. that oh Jesus! Oh, did you not want to yell at people? Where the fuck are you no, going? No, I'm done. I'm done caring about yeah. those. Yeah, people. yeah. <laughs> Dumb down. Um, and what do you think about the first post credit scene? Which is, hopefully, I really hope that scene is actually going to be in the film, because the way it played. I don't think it will. But it's Mm-mm. it's very Most much don't show up in the films later. I know it it, it it's a little but it was so intricate's not the right word, but it's not a typical post credit scene. Your typical post credit scene is a tie in a, a a show up of a thing. This was the entire fucking surviving cast basically going, What the fuck are we gonna do? The pager went off and she shows up and says, Where's Fury? I think you're talking about the Marvels walking dead. Because <laughs> they're surviving shit for much longer. <laughs> well, Ma- now she shows up before they die, so you know they will. You know, if there are there any other scenes you want to talk about, or we can talk about some theories for the next film. Um, one thing, uh, friend of the show, uh, Doctor Usell, also known as Simkin PhD, in various chats when he shows up for stuff, he hit me with the he was frustrated with the fights. And he pointed out that the MCU does these pulled punch fights where yeah. you don't see a lot of the impacts and the actual, you know what I mean? Like basically they're trying to keep it as family friendly as possible. And I kind of agree with that though. In this film, when she's blowing up, you know, nondescript spaceships, it's fine. You know, it's fine to show her flying through a spaceship. That's presumably full of people 
and blow it up but it's not okay to show her beating the crap out of people point blank or getting actually cut or almost cut by energy blades and stuff like that i think that's a fair criticism yeah yeah you know it, it'd be nice to see to feel like the stakes actually mattered a couple times in some of those fights because they never i never for a second thought she was in any danger ever yeah especially at the end especially at the yeah, maybe a little once, at the beginning when she was being power dampened and, and yeah, when she was danvers unchained it just didn't yeah but in reality unless she's going up against adam warlock or thanos with the glove is she really in any danger I there use reality very loosely. doesn't judge. No, 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 that's not what I mean. <laughs> no, I mean, she is arguably one of the most powerful beings in the entire universe. Who puts her in danger at this point, unchained? Uh, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I don't want to give you the satisfaction. Okay, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not leading you anything. I'm actually <laughs> the saying movie pass demon. <laughs> <laughs> she already nice. conquered blockbuster. She can conquer movie pass too. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it's it, it's it's so hard to tell it, from a, from a, who puts her in danger. I mean, well, I mean, just in a standard fight. I mean, that's the thing. She blew through those ships. I love how she destroyed one of the ships. She just like splashed through it like a belly flop, but through the ship and goes woohoo! You know, yeah. and that's just showing you can't fucking touch her. Well, I I do think that part of the training that she was doing is probably the biggest problem that she's going to have going forward is that she relies so heavily on her powers, and she should. She has them. She should use them. But what you know? What if? What if? What if she can't? Right. Well, yeah, that's one of those things like yeah. part of what makes, you know, Cap America, for example, powerful is he he has a limited power set and they, they train to utilize their best attributes. Right. As the mm-hmm. Avengers. So they're always basically creating scenarios where each person can excel when they're needed. Right. And she's a one man, sh- you know, brick shit house. And yeah. I'm sorry, she's a one woman. Yeah, yeah, one woman house. brick shit house. And she's relying on her powers too much, which I think is absolutely going to be kind of like what happened with Thor. They basically did the same thing with Thor. They're like, you rely on your powers too much, and we're going to strip you of your powers. And, and so I'm sure Thanos is going to have something in his back pocket that's going to even the stakes a little bit. And they're going to actually end up having to seriously dupe stuff out. So but even with Thor, they ironically did the whole. So wait, are you the god of hammers? <laughs> right. And 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 once he tapped into that, it was like, oh yeah, I guess I don't need that. And so, yeah, you know, everybody's got a vulnerability, mm-hmm. and and whether whether it's the dependence on the powers or 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 what, you know, if they were Superman. <laughs> oh uh, fuck Superman glowing rocks that would Superman's got, no, a glowing fucking, rocks. That, got right. an allergy to rocks right. <laughs> oh, I got a food allergy keep your rocks away from me I mean I think you probably have an allergy to rocks too if you eat them though uh, right. No, they make especially the irradiated ones right. no that's that's how I sleep at night oh. <laughs> well that was one of the things that was great about Thanos in Infinity War right we're like oh our Marvel heroes are all super badass and they work really well together. They're going to kick the shit out of this dumb dick. And he's like, no, I alter reality. Well, also Thanos is God mode. Even without the glove, he's, he's a demigod at worst. Right. 
you well, know. yeah, because we're like we're so used to watching the Hulk whoop anybody's ass in a. You know, he only had one gym, and he fucking threw the Hulk around like a goddamn rag doll. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, but with the reality gem, his ability to just literally distort reality and confuse you and, you know, just all that. I don't yeah. know that. So, I don't know that Carol has an answer to that power set. This so. brings me to my fucking point of theory. We saw goddamn Adam Warlock in the stinger for Guardians 2. That motherfucker is the most fucking powerful being in the universe. Are we going to goddamn get him an endgame? To end this uh, shit. I, I'm sorry. You have a, probably have a better chance of getting Adam Warlock on Suicide Squad now than you do <laughs> in the MC. <laughs> I'm just, you know, but you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you're right. Everybody else can get affected. That motherfucker is the one who ended all this shit in the comics. Well, yes, but isn't that what Captain Marvel is supposed to do is just take over the Warlock's position in the comics and end this shit? I mean, that's kind Maybe. of what I feel like they've been setting up. That's I know it's the obvious answer. Now they said that we're not going to get Warlock. Did but they say that? Have they, we heard they, that? They they did they did a while ago. Well, they could they but, could I lie mean, too. Lied to us they lied. Yeah, they lied. They lied to Honestly, us before. So I, I think it's more likely to get Warlock in Guardians Three than it is in Endgame. I agree. I I get that, as we said before. This is its own story. I'm going to follow. I'm going to enjoy what they do. I think they're going to tell a great story. Whoever they is, whoever uh ultimate you know, directs at different films and, and brings things together and in the russo brothers doing in game is that who did it yeah. yeah yeah so i loved what they've done i'll follow by i will again i will be disappointed if we don't even if we don't get warlock at all because in I f- yeah in game you shouldn't go to this movie then yeah, no so. no i didn't say i'm gonna hate it i didn't say i'm gonna be <laughs> let down i just so said, i just don't want to see you disappointed i'd be disappointed um, i do go to the movie <laughs> twice <laughs> I, I guarantee i'll get back on that panel and probably go all right didn't have warlock on this one but in their vein of what they did it was phenomenal blah 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 but it just maybe it's because it's one of the few things i know about the comics universe the fact that they set him up and i i in my circles not not these online circles because you guys are bigger geeks than i am and, and bring the knowledge to the table but in my real life circles I was the only motherfucker who knew who that was. I was going around and saying, no, you don't understand. That's fucking Adam Warlock. That is the Guardian of the Galaxy. That is the motherfucking man right there. And now we might not get him because of fucking 10-year-old tweets and other bullshit? Come on, man. That's not cool. But do you think do you think Marvel, Captain Marvel, will come in and end it at the end? Or will she have to really work through it and we don't know? Like, <gasps> Is she going to make it or not? If it wasn't for that stinger, I think I think she could have come in at the end, but I think she's going to be in it from the from the very beginning yep. and have to work through it. Yeah, maybe that didn't. I didn't feel like a beginning of a film. Like it's set in the first act. It felt set later when they're getting desperate and don't know what to. Because why else would you go reboot it, turn it back on? We just need to know what it does. In the beginning, in the first act, you think you can fight. In the second act, you're getting. We're not sure. In the third act, we find out what happens. So I'm thinking it's more mid to late second act is what I felt. Back well, to be wrong. In the in the early trailers for Endgame, we've seen like we've seen uh, Rogers at like a support group type thing <coughs> and stuff like that. So I, I think we yeah. might have a slower burn in the first act than we initially anticipate. I don't think we're jumping right back into the action at all. Okay. Right. This I think is, we're. This Sorry. is an eight-hour movie, right? Yeah. Okay. 
I, I think we're going to jump into the post snap world and see how different things are and how the, you know, everything has changed and yeah. then we're going to go from there. So yeah, it's it probably, no, she doesn't appear. I would imagine until the second or third act, probably the second act. Cause you uh, want to have time to build her relationships with the other characters mm-hmm. and, and right. not just have her come in as your deus ex machina, solve all the problems character. Cause that would suck. The real twist is Dark Phoenix is going to end it all for everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> Dark Phoenix is going to end an existing franchise like she always does. Oh, that 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 trailer came on. My wife's like, huh? I went, eh, it's fucking X-Men right now. We'll see. Oh, I could set everything on fire like this franchise. Watch it burn. <laughs> Stop. Phil's, Phil's taking it personally and crying. Too no, I'm there. just putting that knife deeper into my leg. I want it to be good, Phil. It's, the he's previous hurting himself because he knows I'm right. No, nope. uh, <laughs> so, but I'm I'm not I'm not as excited as the previous X Men, you know, the new class and and the Days of Future Past. I was excited about those and the storylines. The way they've jankied this one around, I'm Some, hoping for the best, but expecting apocalypse. Somehow we ended up back at X three. Yeah, yeah. How, yeah. How did this happen? Charles did it. Fuck you, Kurt. <laughs> first, first class franchise, you were the chosen one. Oh, stop it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, MCU's like, I have the higher ground. And, yeah, it's just, it's it's bad. So, so hopefully yeah, she just no. incinerates the whole franchise and then we can start anew with a new batch of mutants in the MCU. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be Whoa, amazing. Wow, that was a really sorry. That was that I was taking a deep breath right when it triggers. That was a bad. Can we do a take two? Oh yeah, that'd be great, Paul. I think. That's... <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's let's never hear your uh, bedtime. Oh yeah, again. <laughs> All right, let's do the numbers. Let's do the the numbers. Um, let's keep it to to one out. You know, one to ten. Uh, we'll go just in order of what I see on my screen, Phil. What 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 what's your standing of your of this film in the Marvel universe and and what you thought of it? I'm actually I I think I'm past this now. Um, I enjoyed the movie. It wasn't my favorite, but you know it's it was a very fun, entertaining, and I enjoyed the shit out of it. So, I, how do you, after eleven years, keep you know? Well, you don't have to say first, movie. second, third. I'm just saying. Uh, that that was good enough. That was perfect. Yeah, you know, I mean, right I, well, an eight, a seven, seven point five is my three out of ten. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it was just I enjoyed yeah. the movie a lot, and uh, enough Fair to see enough. it twice in in three days. So, and honestly, for everybody who is new to breaking the panel or to our movie panels, I'm truly saying that says a lot for Phil. He has a uh, he talks about the theater situation and how it's not necessarily easy to go see a movie. Uh, he will go see stuff for the show. The fact that you saw it twice actually does say a lot for this film. Yeah. So, Kurt. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm much like Phil in, in that seven to eight, seven point five, in, in that in that realm. Um, I thought it was it was a good, solid MCU movie. I, and you know, I if I if I'm just doing the strong female lead uh, superhero movie. I still got Wonder Woman ahead of this. Okay, I was going to ask. Um, All right. Yeah. So uh, I thought Wonder Woman was just an overall better story. 
Um, I felt more for the character, but um, it was good. It was good. I mean, to to piggyback on what you're saying, Kurt, I feel like Wonder Woman had more soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah was, maybe that's there was a little more meat to what you you know, like you you got a good feel for Diana, but you also got a good story. Like you got a a good epic tale. This film was fun is different though you know it's a definitely an mcu movie totally um but yeah you know see i definitely connected more with this one though agreed it it felt more like personally relatable you have a different perspective (laughs) (laughs) i know i often think just a girl while i punch people out so that was that was such because it grabbed the heart of that song and I just felt like it was a fucking oh, yeah. perfect song for that. It was it was fuck you, Sue. <laughs> but was that all was that all pre show and not on air? Yeah, uh, yeah. Now just a yes. dick. Ah, <laughs> uh, just, just a dick. Just across like a massive asshole. Yeah. Which is hey guys, female power. Don't, don't talk shit on my wife, you fucking monster. I hope somebody clipped that. <laughs> yeah, and then send it to her at factorygirl at gmail.com <laughs> no no alright uh, Paul uh, yeah it's, it's I'm not going to give it an X out of 10 sure I'm no gonna that's give, fine Yeah, I'm going to say I, I actually agree with Rad Dog by the way it's Rad Dog Charles not Raw Dog I've seen you mispronounce <laughs> guys you know you what you don't know Rad Dog's name for a you, year you do not know Rad our relationship dog. you do not Rad know our dog. relationship Me, not Raw Dog he's raw tried dog. to get Raw Dog they wouldn't approve it <laughs> Raw Dog's See? a completely different vibe it's okay? behind the uh, it's behind the scenes no I agree it's mid-tier MCU um, it's definitely not in my top five it probably isn't in my top ten that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it I say the same thing about the Ant-Man movies I love those movies they're fun I'm not going to watch them every year or anything, but I, if somebody throws it on or I bump into it, I'll watch it again. It's a good time. Uh, I feel the same way about this film. I might want to see it when it comes out on Blu-ray one more time, just to kind of like get some final thoughts on it, but especially, you know, going forward. But I think it was a solid entry. It's definitely not bad. It's that it definitely doesn't rank down with among the worst of the MCU movies, which I still enjoyed those movies, but they, there's some pretty bad ones. Uh, from the early days, you know what I mean. It's definitely no Incredible Hulk, so yeah, that's fair. That's that. that you know, I, I I like what they try to do with Incredible Hulk, but it's not a good film. It just it's just not. Jenna, I love it. This is in my top three of Marvel movies right now. Nice. I get I I I get the no rating, and I'm down with that um, because every film actually has its own benefits and its own detriments uh I, because it's the 90s and it's just my jam i just so much developed for me in the 90s i love this whole thing and the fact that it breaks from the norm right it's not a standard superhero film it's not a standard tropey origin story it's honestly i put this over wonder woman kurt for one reason wonder woman had to fall in love with the dude and had to Great. have that story and this Fuck didn't steve trevor just fuck, him. fuck him right on yeah. his ass. I'm pretty sure she did. Good <laughs> <laughs> on you, girl. Uh, I, I loved it. I, I do put it. so dreamy. I do put it with Guardians of the Galaxy and with Ant-Man in the sense of that was that just felt so fresh and different, and I, I liked it for that. I loved it for 
Uh, everything we've said in this whole thing of of strong female lead that didn't rely on bullshit to make her strong or 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 go over the top and like fuck man it was I know who I am that that scene at the end Phil I think it was you Phil that brought out I was like or no Paul Paul you said the Indiana Jones moment right was, where no that was Phil. that's Phil God damn it Paul I said love it. it when all of Phillips ideas I know I did this I'll be the good one I created this. I made this which is uh, all I have Jenna so I right. know God. but it was that. I have nothing Billy, to prove to you. You should be Kanye memeing right now. <laughs> I, I am. But it was enjoyable and relatable and different enough that I think the rest of my family probably puts this in their top. And we've seen all of them. And they're looking for an end game. They're looking forward to any superhero movie I've read my kids right and train you know my wife went from just seeing chick flicks and tolerating sci-fi movies to enjoying these comic book films so you know it, it's been a path um yeah i i more superhero films in the 90s please that's what i would say <laughs> but as, as a well, whole she was great it was phenomenal so to circle back for a second though in particular to speak to jenna's feeling on it i do think this is an important film in the way that wonder woman was this is definitely, you know, for, for female comic fans, this is a film they can get behind. Oh, and, yeah. and it, the fact that it dodged all the tropes, as even dodged tropes that Wonder Woman fell into, is fantastic. The, I, I do think that there was a, maybe a little bit of co- in, uh, chemistry between uh, Jude Law and Carol. I can't remember Jude Law's character's name all the time. Uh, but they Yon, never Yon capitalized Park. on it. You know what I mean? So yeah. they avoided the romantic entanglement. She was, you know, she she had punchy dialogue that wasn't like it. It just wasn't tropish. It wasn't. It it, it was well crafted. Mm-hmm. The film overall was well crafted. Um, it had a relatively small scale, despite its cosmic implications, and that's that's why I put it where I did. But I I do think it's an important film for a lot of people. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, it's it's good. It's got <sighs> a cultural significance that goes beyond just its you know stars or tomatoes mm-hmm. ranking exactly and, and and my wife said this and again she she a lot of times oh, it's fun it was cool she won't give me a lot of feedback but this one she came out just glowing just loved it and she goes she felt like it tied everything together mm-hmm. you know it, it tied in all the films together and she as a movie goer she really loved that it, it made everything work better uh in retrospect now that they've done it um, and she's looking forward to the end game, and, and that is definitely something. Um, everybody's saying different things. You know, put on par with Ant-Man 1 is uh, Graham Rod 92. Tony says, my friend and his kids, boys and girls, loved it. Uh, Rad Daddy is saying, I'm very much looking forward to OG Rad Captain Daddy, Marvel. really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I fuck no, things Kurt, up. Kurt's offended. He, the cream daddy does not like other daddies. <laughs> Rad Daddy. You took it. You took it. <laughs> uh, it, it, it. Who directed this? Because well done, madam, hopefully, or possibly sir. Well, it, it, it was, was a duo. It was co-directed. Was it co? Uh, it was. It was good. It was. It was. The writing was solid, and it's a hard thing to do, right? Because you have early Coulson, you have early Fury, you have things that are going to set up stuff that we've already seen play out in the current Marvel, current timeline Marvel films. It's a tough job, and you nailed it. You just I mean, nailed it. Y- you rescued 
you know, Dream Daddy Coulson from the the dregs of ABC <laughs> television. I yeah. do want to say though, you guys were talking about how they got the age de aging tech going on really well, except for Coulson's face, which looked like a plastic Kindle. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of boys and girls out there that are writing their first name and Coulson in their diaries right now after seeing this film. He very much looks like a Kardashian. But it, but he yeah. does look like a weird action figure. Type. A little bit. Yeah. You know what he looked like? He looked like when they de-aged Schwarzenegger for yeah. the Terminator films. Mm-hmm. When they did that, it oh, I thought like- he was just a demon, and that's what he looked like. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember when Coulson first hit the screen, I'm going, that kind of looks like is that Coulson? Yeah. And it wasn't just the hair. You know, it took me a minute too. I yeah, was like, was wait. Like, I think oh, that's him. That's Clark Gregg. What yeah. have you done? Yeah. <laughs> and then he then he spoke and had some of his Clark Gregg mannerism things. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's yeah. clearly who it is. But you left me here? But <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh but you guys right. The Fury version was on point and phenomenal mm-hmm. and, as and... if all their budget went there and colson got <laughs> fucked over <laughs> again <laughs> again yeah uh, so well, it did fall into tropes and some of the other cgi was still good you know uh the cat getting pushed back from the gravity was a little cartoonish <laughs> but it transitioned right into the real cat very easily and it wasn't so cartoonish it took you out of the film it was just a quick oh, little moment made me laugh, though. yeah yeah exactly well, at first like, i was like that cat's broken yeah. And then later, when they actually revealed that it was a flurkin, I was like, "No, okay, he's fine." Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's talk about where we can find all the great content everybody here makes. Starting with our lovely and talented guest, Jenna. Uh, you can find me on my show, Panelology, or my other show, Minds at Yerk, occasionally, um, which is a an Animorphs Reread podcast. But Panelology is panelologypodcast.com and at Panelology, I think everywhere. And Minds at Yerk is at Minds at Yerk, Y-E-E-R-K. And quite possibly, we haven't got confirmation yet, but quite possibly we might be working together at Atlanta Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, you and I and uh, Tony doing some stuff. And and uh, uh, we'll definitely be seeing each other at Dragon Con this year. Panelology will be having a panel and we'll be using Jenna elsewhere as well. It'll be quite awesome. Hooray. Paul, what can he find you doing? You can find me here on Twitch at SoapboxGSTU. Um, I've been streaming intermittently. Uh, I'm going to nail down a more consistent schedule. i got to commiserate with my streaming brethren because we're, we're stepping all over each other a little bit lately. Uh, but we'll get it worked out. Uh, and then, of course, you can find me on Twitter at SoapboxGSTU as well. You can tweet at me, and I'll read it some number of days later. Well, yeah, it's better than last year where you wouldn't even tweet till you got to Dragon Con. Uh, <laughs> nine months was, was generally the, the wait time before. Yeah. So, yeah. Progress. <coughs> Kurt. Okay. So you can find me on Monday evenings and Thursday evenings on the FTH Beyond channel here on Twitch. You can find me on most other days, maybe when I'm streaming on my own Twitch channel, which is Kurtstable. Uh, K-U-R-T stable and uh, also on let's see uh, GSTU media on Sunday nights for the the Bro-Migos whatever the of the four bro Migos of the stream apocalypse Kurt I can't ever remember because we've named it so many things branding <laughs> motherfucker and, and on the botched podcast uh, uh, Twitch channel on Saturday nights for 
botched love. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so sweet. To find me in any of these places, the best thing you can do is to follow me on Twitter at VO by Kurt. Philium? Oh, I stream every Monday and Tuesday at Imaginary Nomad, where we play, I don't know, Switch games. Recently, I've been playing my Super NES Classic, and we've been going through the Mario RPG. Um, you can find me Saturdays at Botch Love, getting loved with Kurt and my other my other lover Dennis the it's world's most okay so awkward it's a it's a nice troika we have a good troika <laughs> and then every sunday night uh you know the stream apocalypse of the four bromigos is uh, is fun and then uh, tw- twitter yeah twitter is imaginary nomad you know you got that wrong too right i don't i don't know <laughs> I blacked out. Oh, and uh, I, I'm on a D&D comedy show called Botched, a D&D podcast. And we are getting ready for season four, which is only three weeks away. So, Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. I am the Rock Out of Podcasting. You can find me all across interwebs. Is that at Rock Out of Pod on Twitter? Uh, and if you like what we did tonight, the chemistry, the discussion, we go into headlines in the normal weeks and we talk about our experiences of watching and playing and, and talking about the industry behind fandom and all kind of fun discussions that you can be a part of listening to Breaking the Panel. Normally, we do not do this live here. We did it here tonight to talk about Captain Marvel and get your opinions as well and have that inclusion. But check us out. We're a podcast, Breaking the Panel on all catchers. Check iTunes, Stitcher, Satchel Podcast Player, everything that's out there. We are there. So check it out each week. And if you'd like to support the show and get the videos from all the shows, that's patreon.com forward slash Breaking the Panel. Uh, as Kurt said, I do uh, uh, FDH Beyond, where we talk about Marvel Strike Force on Thursdays. Sunday afternoon here on this channel, I play through three hours of games. And I've been... Where I worked through Subnautica last week. I'll probably do some more Subnautica this week. Oh. Uh, but thanks to fucking Paul Claus. Paul gets me in trouble so goddamn much. Because he's like, yeah, man, humble, humble bundle, $12 for the subscription. You get one of the games you love playing right now. It's like, God damn it. That's a $30 game. I'm going to sign. So I've got three new codes to put in and and more coming. So I'll be swapping up. But, but I'm going to be working on Subnautica for a while just because of that reaction right there. Paul's like, oh, you haven't even seen the shit yet. Get to the shit, man. Uh, so, yeah, three in the afternoon on Sundays, Eastern. Uh, three hours. It's fun. It's discussion. It's it's gaming, and uh, you can check me out there. And definitely check these guys out. The Bromigos of the Stream Apocalypse on Sunday nights. It's it's fun as shit. And someday soon I'll come and guest back on it. And Panelology, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have uh, Alex on hopefully sometime in the distant near future. Uh, Sweet, that'll be awesome. So yeah, I, he's been helping me out with some DragonCon stuff, and I, I dig him. And I think what you guys do over there is amazing fun stuff so uh until next time chris wisdom can be the flurkin in all of our dream daddy dreams <laughs> he packed his bags and sent me a picture of it no yes i'm very excited oh. Oh. we're oh, gonna keep screaming for a second right yeah yeah i gotta stop the podcast but I'm gonna, on the podcast i will say i don't cry so fucking hard when I, see you on I was in midstream on tuesday and he sent that picture through and i was like oh. Yeah.